come for me, look where I landed. I know a lot of those out there really don't want me having it. They just mad that I'm creeping on them and they had advantages. See, when my voice is on, I let my voice be the change. Put it in these communities, let it give them some range. Let them know that they got a shot at anything they want. And it ain't all about the teaching, but really how they responded. Here on KBLA Talk 1580, we gon' get into it. The whole world on Smiley out of your media. The others tell it, but they truths have some limits. Got some limits. We got that food for soul, now what they feeding you. Yeah. Black lives matter all the time. Yeah, let's talk about it. About the school to prison pipeline. Yeah, let's talk about it. Police brutality out of line. Yeah, let's talk about it. All these thoughts running through my mind. We gotta talk I am about unapologetically it. progressive in efforts to fight for the people. Gotta exercise our voting rights and then push the needle. I'm walking tall, cause I know that y'all expect me to lead. To push the message, I am willing to bleed. I gotta get what I need. That's social reform, that's prison reform. I'm highly informed. Don't put down a pen. I got a list. I can't resist. I preach it till I talk with a list. And who you know gon' give it to you like this? And here on KBLA yeah. Talk 1580, yeah. we gon' get it. We gon' get it. The whole world on Smiley out of your media. The others tell it, but they truths have some limits. We got that food for soul, now what they feeding ya? Black lives matter all the time. Let's talk about it. About the school to prison pipeline. Yeah, let's talk about it. Police brutality out of line. Yeah, let's talk about it. All these thoughts running through my mind. We gotta talk about it. You know, I understand we got a show to do here, and we're gonna get into it in a second here. But uh Miles, I want my flowers. You gonna give me my flowers? Huh? What you what do what do you need flowers for? Tyler Perry is right is hiring a writing team. Did y'all see it? I put it on my socials last night. He's finally giving in and hiring a writing to give me my flowers. Who else in this country, in media, is beating up Tyler Perry the way that I have over the last four months I've been on the air? Huh? I mentioned it on Monday, remember? I said his writers are terrible and the hair, come on, give me a break, he's in Atlanta. You got the best hairstylists in the country in Atlanta, probably. A second to L.A., I'm saying. And what does he do? He's hiring a writing team. I want my flowers. You, you know, if, if, if he'll listen, somebody knows, somebody knows, somebody knows, somebody knows. Thank you. You're welcome, everybody. You know that's me. Is that how it works? If I say it on the mic, it'll come into fruition? Is that, is that how it goes down? I mean, it's a certain thing called manifesting. So, I mean, I guess it might work the same way. Then Janet Jackson should be married to an African-American man in the city of Los Angeles. That's me. I'm just going and put it out there. Oh, let me tell you something about manifesting. Okay. I'm reading a book that says you need to be specific. Okay. I want Janet Jackson to marry me. In 2022, Janet and I are going to get married. There we go. No, no, no. We're going we're gonna to go out on a date first. Of course, I'm going to propose on the first day. But it's going to happen. 2022. Okay? Here we go. All right. Manifest it, brother, man. And Tyler Perry going to pay for the whole thing. We're going to get married on, on his lot. How about that? Get married on a, uh, in a musical. <laughs> She'll marry me in. She'll then star in Why Did I Get Married 3. Why did I I'm get just... married? <laughs> I ain't mean to say yes, man. <laughs> exactly. That'll be in parentheses right below. That's the subtitle. Why Did I Get Married to Him? <laughs> right. All right. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot to talk about, as you can tell. <laughs> Midday is Danny Morse, KDLA Talk 1580. Um, first and foremost... I want to thank everyone for delivering what may have been a top three broadcast yesterday. In the four months that this radio show has been on air, I like to always push the narrative further and further in an effort for us all to get wiser, faster, uh, stronger, and God willing, better. People that know me know that I brag about the intelligence level of my audience all the time. And yesterday's conversation regarding gentrification proved it. 
beyond the shadow of a doubt. So on behalf of myself, my midday partner in crime, Miles Lowe and KBLA, I would like to thank all of you for a respectful, informative, spirited, and occasionally entertaining conversation. We will touch on the topic of gentrification again very soon. Why? It's just too important a topic not to give it the space that it needs on these airwaves, right? But with that being said, we got a show to do. Yesterday's conversation found us all digging into another facet of what ails the black community. And one thing continues to surface that is making me more terrified as the days go by. A gentleman brought it back to the forefront late last week. And the more we have these discussions, it's becoming more and more evident that the criticisms may actually have some validity. You see, as a community-focused African-American man, I've always believed in the promise of us. I've always believed that regardless of what we blacks have had to endure for 400 years plus, we've still managed to endure despite our circumstances. We are the strongest people on the planet and have overcome each and every obstacle that has been set before us. Despite it all, we are still here. And for the first time ever, I'm finally starting to realize that not all forms of abuse leave bruises. Sometimes the effects of slavery and racial strife are a little more nuanced. And perhaps I should start coming to the realization that we African-Americans have lost our ancestry, our culture, our generational wealth, and our identity. But there's one thing that we always had that we may finally be losing that could do more damage to us than anything we could have ever imagined. That is community. I miss us. I miss us fighting for one another. I miss the anticipation of the neighborhood rising up against crime committers on our block. I miss when you would never see graffiti scribbled on the walls of a church. I miss when pastors would be on the front lines holding marches against the murder that happened within the two-mile radius of their church. I miss when churches wouldn't charge my grandmother for her funeral because she had already poured thousands of dollars into the coffers of that church since 1975. I also miss when neighborhoods would take up collections to help a family pay for a funeral. I miss what we in the black community used to be. You see, I've been in Los Angeles for about six months now. Four of those months being on air. And I've had the honor and privilege of attending a number of festive and celebratory social events already that were filled with Negro spirituals and Nubian nostalgia. We were all collectively lifting our voice and singing. And then afterwards, we would happily go tell it on the mountain, down by the riverside, while breaking bread, pressing flesh, and kissing babies of all the beloved African-American community members looking from the outside in, it would appear that all of us black Angelinos are united as one, huh? But the truth is we're broken, damaged, fractured with an unwillingness to amalgamate the internal cliques, factions, and religious strongholds that have appeared to only intensify over the last generation. Seeing such superficiality, it made me harken back to two powerful messages shared with me over the last couple years back in my hometown. The first was a question from a mentor of mine who described how one of his relatives, coincidentally from the city of Los Angeles, visiting Bakersfield for the first time, casually inquired, and I quote, uh, Can you take us to where black people coalesce and show us what black people have built here in this city? He froze. And when the question was posed to me, I went full mannequin myself. The second stems from a lunch meeting with prominent members of our black community. An older black gentleman contemplating a financial investment in a community-based program being discussed with me in the building almost brought me to tears by making one simple statement. He said, quote, Danny, 
I've been making monetary donations and volunteering for the black community for close to 40 years. And with all of that sweat, equity, and financial investment, do you want to know what progress has been made? None. Whoa. Allow me to make the case that I made before on my broadcast. You see, I believe that Los Angeles suffers from the same ills we did back in Central Cali. I believe the black communities from all over the country do. I've long held a theory about this topic. I believe that we are in the midst of a generational shift. Black pastors and perennial community spokespeople are aging. Only 31% of African-American students meet or exceed the English standards set by the California Department of Education. Only 18% meet or exceed the math standard. African-Americans are also 2.75 times more likely to be homicide victims. And even with these jarring statistics, I believe the old guard that's carried us through World War II, the Cold War, and the tumultuous civil rights movement aren't quite ready to relinquish control while we slowly deteriorate. Remember, these are the same people that endured immeasurable racial strife for years. They're the same people that were marching in the streets here in Los Angeles in support of nullifying Proposition 14 back in 1964. These are the same people that watch Angela Davis, that queen, speak from the Spring Street steps of City Hall during a community rally on December 11th, 1969. With 5,000 beautiful black kings and queens coming out to protest the deteriorating relations between the Los Angeles Police Department and the black community. The same people that attended the Watts Stacks concert back in 1972 at the L.A. Coliseum. Organized by Stacks Records with black musicians and entertainers from far and wide brought together to remember the Watts riots from seven years prior. Our Los Angeles ancestors and predecessors are the same people that deserve every ounce of love and respect for trailblazing the path that we are currently walking on. They fought through a social gauntlet to achieve what they have. It was hard fought and rightfully earned. And I totally get it. And I salute them today. The problem is there is a void between that generation and where we are now that has not continued to fight for us. Not to fight for equality from racist white America. I just simply mean the internal fight to reinforce the stability of us. Because while we shout Black Lives Matter and march on the streets for justice, Keisha's cupboards are bare. She's not making enough to keep her head above water. And the tropes and archetypes that have successfully been presented to our youth for decades are no longer palatable. They're starting to fall on deaf ears. I've mentioned before that the 2021 African-American child is different than the 1967 version. They are collectively a more sexually aware, violent, entitled, social media savvy, and self-conscious group of children. Easy e is now Lil Baby. MTV's The Real World is now Facebook Live. And our prized possession porno mags we secretly had as teenagers have evolved into unlimited high-definition pornography from a smartphone. Without a reimagined community approach of how we interact with these young people, we could potentially lose them. Some might argue we already have. And our paradoxical internal struggles aren't doing them any favors. We only unify when a person from another race, law enforcement, or otherwise harms us. We don't support the black businesses that are fighting to gain traction in a difficult market to penetrate. We can scream Black Lives Matter all we want. But if we don't combine our community efforts and locate those who murder our children, it sends a strong and wrong message to our babies. And how in the hell 
can we all work together when our pastors refuse to do the same? Huh? Let me know. I'm starting to feel that we are losing a stranglehold on our community. We're starting to forget what it even means to be called a community. Like a community that would call the cops when shady characters were populating the street corners in our neighborhoods. A community where the local churches would also occasionally use its coffers to pay the bills of its struggling congregation and also add a prominent place as the moral authority in each respective neighborhood with cheese and butter lines on the weekends. And a community that would allow the next door neighbor to whoop the behind of your child when they got out of hand when you weren't at home. And that's why I believe one major social justice milestone that has long been seen as the ultimate prize for African-Americans in this country, you can make the case it has been a blessing and a curse. That milestone? Integration. Do we still have to sit in the back of the bus? No. Use separate water fountains? No. Enter the rear doors of restaurants? No. But did integration fracture us as a community? Did it take our eye off the ball? Did it cause for us to fight so hard for equality with white people that we are actively leaving our people behind? Yes, to all of them. Listen, this ain't no out with the old and in with the new approach, okay? It's not that type of situation. We need an all-hands-on-deck approach. This is a call for us all to push our generational, educational, sociological, and attitudinal differences to the side and combine our forces to impact these children. With the black churches playing a pivotal role. Integration may have caused for us to become more scattered, but I believe we could get back to building the community as a whole, y'all. Can we do it? Yes, we can. And ultimately, Los Angeles, we can stand and we will stand together. But that's just me. So what do you think, LA? Huh? Rest of the country, too. This ain't just the LA thing today. This is everybody listening in the country, around the world. We got Australian listeners, too. Is the word community in black community officially dead? Do we still look out for one another? Do we still have each other's backs? Or have we become a generation of social media memes and hashtags and don't really have all of our best interests at heart? Also, has integration killed us? I believe that we African-Americans have fought so hard to achieve equality that we have collectively forgotten about ourselves. Do you buy that? Huh? Are we no longer a force moving in the same direction? Or have we as a people been so caught up in achieving freedom that we've left the black community behind? And lastly, and more importantly, can we get this done? Can we find some way to bring the differing factions of the black community back together? There's power in numbers. So can we find the numbers to reimagine black power for the 21st century? Or are we too far gone? Are we done? Huh? Holla at your boy. Your voice has changed. Your voice is the community. Your voice is on 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. You can also stream us via the brand new KBLA streaming app on your app store, iOS or Android. It don't matter. And that same app allows you to send me your questions and comments that I will answer live at different intervals throughout the broadcast. Plus... Like, share, and follow your favorite radio station live on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KBLA1580. And feel free to follow me at Danny Mo Show on those same platforms, too. Plus, me and my midday partner in crime, Miles, will take your comments via the ecosystem of our social network. Check this out. 
When we come forward, I will add another seven series to add to the topic of conversation. We'll try. <laughs> yes, this uh, the gentrification conversation was a hot one yesterday. So hot, we never got to the seven series. So, uh, <laughs> in my efforts to keep my promises on continuing to bring you original content, I will bring you that seven series today. I think it's up to y'all though. Y'all want to call? Call. We'll blaze it up. That's how we do. Uh, like yesterday, let's not forget that there are some other segments of our culture that are being stripped away every single day. We always like to say that America loves black culture but hate black people. Facts, I get it. But while we continue to come up with catchphrases and memes, America's robbing us in broad daylight. My seven series today is still seven elements of black culture that are being stripped away every single day. It's actually somewhat relevant to today's discussion on community as well, right? So let's try to make it happen today. Add to the conversation with your phone calls when we come forward. Welcome to Middays with Danny Morrison. It's a hump day Wednesday, y'all. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Let's rock. Middays with Danny Morrison continues when we come forward. Welcome back. We are rooting for everybody black. KBLA Talk 1580. We are black in the spot. You know what we do? KBLA Talk 1580. Middays with Danny Morrison. You know, I've been here. I mentioned in my opening monologue, I've been in six months, you know, trying to find a place to live and all of that stuff when I first got here. <laughs> Just found a place last month. <laughs> but uh, um, I've been talking to people the whole time I'm here. When I got here, I said, I would love to live in a black utopia. And so people start tossing out stuff. And it seemed like every single time they would toss out an area of Los Angeles that was, you know, historically black. It was always like, a, you know, a caveat or, <laughs> but there was a but attached to all the but. Like, uh, I would hear Baldwin Hills, Lamert Park, of course, you know, uh, Ladera Heights, View Park, uh, Inglewood. I would hear all those. But every single time they toss out <laughs> that area, they'd go, but. And then the gentrification conversation would start again. <laughs> oh, and it's like, are we scattered? Are we done? And to be fair, it's not just the L.A. thing. It's not. This is happening all over the country. And I used to, um, I used to talk to my mother all the time about how it was back in the day. And she would always remind me of a time when black people didn't have much to offer, but we always had each other's backs all the time, regardless of where we were, right? Because back in her day, it was like the, the, the end of racial segregation was imminent. And African Americans were becoming more patriotic and... You know, blacks were joining the military like crazy back then. And blacks were joining the service in droves. And the NAACP were fighting for the rights of black military members back home. They were. Because, you know, we weren't being treated in the military. And then we got treated like crap once we came home. So there was like a few talented black lawyers. And and, and let's be honest, philanthropy from some uh, anonymous white allies. Okay, how about that? We'll go call them that. And they made it happen. Community came together to care of black people. And it seemed like back in the day, according to what my mom used to tell me all the time, regardless of what the ill was that was facing the African-American community, community would respond every single time. The collective community responded. There's a problem. Boom. Let's get there. Let's make it happen. That don't happen anymore. It doesn't. I grew up in the nether regions of a poor neighborhood back in my hometown. My family was always accustomed to making do with what we had, right? Our family, we rarely had a working automobile. Uh, we always saw name brand foods as luxuries, you know? We didn't have Cocoa Puffs. We had Sugar Puffs, you know what I'm saying? We, <laughs> the giant bag, the giant 10 
gallon bag that you would have to pull with two hands. <laughs> that was us, the plastic. And then you had to tie it and wrap it shut with a rubber band at the end of the day. But <laughs> shout out to my mama, by the way. But, uh, and we never had a father around either, you know? And so my God-fearing mother, and she's a woman that won't dial a phone number if it's got three sixes in it, even still, today, you know, believed that the Lord would always make a way, and he did. All the time. Like the city bus would provide our transportation, and Medi-Cal and, and um, some of the county hospitals and clinics in that area were our family's collective health care coverage, <laughs> if you will. And the corner store was our primary grocery store. Not because it offered the Morrison family uh, the best service and competitive pricing, but it was because it was the only retail grocery store within a three-mile radius, you know. And luckily, the community was always there to assist us despite those circumstances. There was a place called the Friendship House, and it was founded solely by kings and queens back in the day. It was on Cottonwood Road, ran through the heart of the black community back then. It would eventually be coupled with government assistance, but... Uh, it supplemented the necessities of a working single mom trying to raise six kids on her own. And it was tough for my mother. She worked multiple jobs to make ends meet because my father wasn't around. And my mother was a part of the black working class. Yet and still, we consistently uh, resided below the poverty line the entire adolescence. I was growing up. But Los Angeles, anyone listening throughout the world, this ain't just an L.A. thing today. Do you have a place you can go right now? If your bills are due right now, if your cell phone bill is due and about to get shut down right now, if you're on the cusp of being evicted right now, if you have no food in your kitchen, your pantry, anything, refrigerator, anything right now, if your utility is about to get shut off today, is it that that is a fully black centric spot to where you can help you help yourself? Take your time. I would love for someone in Los Angeles or otherwise to call me and tell me if a black owned and operated place like that even exists. Because I'm here to tell you those places existed back in the day. And the black church was ground zero for the entire operation. Because I guarantee bet you the Latino community got that. The Asian community got that. The Middle Eastern communities got that. But us, nah, we too busy running to the county all the time. When there's no central resource for us to turn to in times of crisis. Not necessarily for getting cash handed to us. I'm not saying a black centric place to where you walk in, they hand you $150. Like checking the cash or something and you walk home and you pay your cell phone bill. I'm not saying that. Just a resource that allows for us to have a place to get viable, intangible answers to help us. At least viable information that we would know where to go to help us that ain't necessarily county. Because the black community just don't get down like that no more. And I don't know why. And I'm going to tell you when we come forward. I'm going to give you some historical perspective on this whole thing too. Because yeah, we're struggling in 2021, I know. And there's a ton of people listening right now that would love community to come to their aid. And it sucks that here in 2021, you're going through everything that you're going through right now. A lot of people ain't even going back to work because they go, I'm not going to go back to a job where this job is just taking away my peace, man. My heart just ain't right going there. I got a boss I can't stand. I'm being abused left and right. And I ain't spending no time with my family because I'm always here and they couldn't care less about me. Yes, it's Lord. 
<laughs> Tab ass. <laughs> we'll get into that in a few. 1-800-920-1580. News and traffic right now. We'll see you on the other side. Midday's with Danny Morris. Stay there. Making your middays meaningful. More of Danny Morrison straight ahead. We're listening around the clock. Around the clock. Around the clock. And your time to be heard is right now. Now, right now. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, man. Middays with Danny Morrison. KBLA Talk 1580. Talking about the absence of the black community. Huh? Got L.A. people chiming in on my socials and also inside my DMs. As a matter of fact, they're also coming through on the phone lines. Let's, uh, let's get Howard in here. If anybody knows about historical black Los Angeles, it's Howard. Howard, give me your height, your color, and your hood, King. Hey, I'm watching. I'm in watch, so you know what I'm saying. What watch, I want to say is that. Watch checking in. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to clock you in. Okay, go ahead, my man. Oh, yeah, man. I just want to say we were better off with our white folks, even in Africa. We, wouldn't, we didn't need them. They don't think we need them. White black folks, we think their water is better. We we uh, I have a, a sheet. I might maybe I need to send it to you about black inventors. You'd be surprised when we invented. You have to ask yourself the question: Who did the work? If you did the work, you had to find another way of doing the job better. So we turn we always turn on white folks, even the Egyptians, the Moors, and we did it right here. And we ain't talking about music and sports. We talking about stuff to use every day that you realize that we use. So and Howard, we don't need white folks. Howard, let yeah. me ask you a question. Now you're in Watts, and the Watts riots took place right there where you are. Is it possible for us in 2021, after everything we've gone through in the city of Los Angeles, to come together? Can we be self sufficient without white America today? In Watts, we in wherever. I think we can, but we gotta get. It's a different mindset. We have to have a different mindset. It's all in the mental thing that we got to have white people to do this and do that. We don't need them. And we got to get into our youth. Say, hey, this is what your people did before. We was under all kinds of restrictions. This is what you did. You know, all the, I, I would suggest anybody listen to me, go down to the African-American Museum down there in Exposition Park and see what we did. The first time I was exposed to it, I ain't going to lie to you. I cried. It's beautiful. We've done a lot. We have. That doesn't that answer my question, no. If white people said, we're going to get back to segregation today, okay? Going to be white society, going to be black society. Y'all fend for yourselves, okay? Have your own police force. Have your own legal everything, judicial system, the whole nine. Y'all do it yourself. Could we do it? I don't know. I think we could. Cause we, yes, I think we can. Because we got we're more advanced uh, uh, technologically, for one thing. We got the internet and TV and telephones and other electronic things. We could possibly do it better. But we it's a mindset we got to have. First of all, we got to get away from these white people and tell, stop telling them how to raise our kids. That's where it started. We can't whoop our kids and not say, I got my spank whooped every day. But when I had it coming, I had it coming. And I knew it. So that kind of straightened me out. We can't, we let these people dictate how we should raise our kids, how we should act, and we see them acting stupid and crazy. Matter of fact, down here in Costa Mesa now, you got a man that's barricaded in the house behind his kids. He had a domestic problem, and he fight with his wife. He wants the kids. Hey, come on. Mm. We don't need that kind of behavior. Uh. You got to think about it. We don't need, we don't need that. And we, we work. Every time you think about something, think about it. When something happens, the first thing you want to know, who was it? Was it a black person or a white person? And sometimes you'd be right. That's a white guy. 
That's the first thing I said. There's a white guy down in Costa Mesa acting stupid with his wife and kids, barricade in the house. Would a brother do that? I doubt. He said, hey, wife, get on. Bye. You want to get on? Bye. But every now and then he got some knuckles out here because we're influenced by their mindset. Right. It's a mental thing. I That's how I really feel. I appreciate Thank you, Thank you King. for taking my call. Uh, anytime. Well said. And Howard's right, man. When you listen to the news and stuff and you hear that there's a mass shooting somewhere, you go, well, you know that's a white guy. And there used to be a stigma attached when you listen to the local news and you hear that there's a stabbing, it would be, well, that's a Latino. When there's a gun, it's us. <laughs> that used to be the case. I don't think that's true anymore. <laughs> I think it's across the board. I think mass shootings are being committed by uh, black people in this country, too. Not even close to what white people are doing, I'm just saying. It's just not across the board like it used to be. And Latinos are carrying guns, too. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. But Miles, am I crazy? Harry. Okay, we're talking. <laughs> Can I make my point before you say that? You're <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, Danny, you are, but what's your question? <laughs> um, can I, African American man, city of angels, the entertainment capital of the world, can I leave this building today and say I am not going to support white commerce anymore throughout November? I'm, I want the community to supplement everything that I need. My food, my clothing, my cleaning, which I now have a black cleaners, which is fantastic. Everything. I want to go to the gym, to a black gym. Can Black Los Angeles do that for me in November? No. You think so? My food, everything. I, I, I don't know the logistics of Los Angeles like that, but I'm thinking of all the stuff you're going to need in November. Yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving's coming up. You need gas in your car. Like, I don't That's another one. So the question is, and I and I think the answer is no, And uh, nor do I expect for that to happen. I don't think that we are that advanced yet to where we're there yet. The question is, is there a place where I could go to find out where I could find all these black-owned businesses? Is there? Is there a building? I mean a brick and mortar, not online. There's some websites to try. We're trying ourselves. Is there a brick and mortar I could go to right now? and say, this is ground zero for the black community in Los Angeles. So I'm not from here, so I really can't... Uh, That's what I'm, I'm just, it's just a rhetorical question, kind of. And maybe it's a direct question to anybody from, listening. From what I've seen, not so much. And I'm here to tell you that Latinos got that. I'm here to tell you the Asians got that. I'm here to tell you the Middle Eastern people who join me the whole nine, they got that. We, we too busy shouting Black Lives Matter, dropping hashtags on our socials. When we're losing sight of us, as the entire point of this entire discussion today what happened to us taking care of us yeah we still got to do that and we can walk with you gum at the same time i'm saying meanwhile the people that ain't got food on the table meanwhile yo pg&e about to get shut off is it pg&e in los angeles i don't know is that a p is that an la thing mm. i don't know is it pacific i don't know somebody gonna tell me that too <laughs> utilities okay um is there a place to where that's taken care of. And I already mentioned in my opening monologue, the church used to be, yo. Yo. You and I beat up the black church every now and again on this broadcast. When I was growing up, especially when my mom was growing up, the church, I'm telling you, yo, your PG&E about to get cut off? How much? Check. You've been giving us tithes for the last 10 years. Go pay that bill. What happened to that? Oh, y'all got, y'all got... 4K screens on the wall now, but you can't pay, help nobody pay no bills. How many black churches do you know of to where there's some controversy that's bubbling 
in the in the black stratosphere where a black pastor is out front speaking for the black community. When's the last time that happened? Man, the black uh, been a minute, huh? Been a minute. Been a minute. Been a minute. Yeah. When there's a murder in the neighborhood. When's the last time a black pastor said, "Give me that mic. This has to stop." And I want everybody to come into my church. Not only we're going to talk about this, I'm going to give you some valuable information that will help us quell the violence that is starting to rise up in this community. When was the last time that happened? It's been a while. Hey, but well, I, I bet know. that I bet that offering plate's still going around that church, ain't it? But I bet y'all got a brand new bus outside, huh? I bet y'all got 4K screens up there, huh? The cash app. On and the, the cash on app. The Come on. Right by the ATM. Come on, Miles. We going to speak the truth up in here or not? I think that we have accused white society for saying, I got mine and I don't care what black people do. I'm going to get mine. If they struggling with voting rights and, and keeping their head above water, that's a black problem. I'm going to get mine. Historically. You know I, I, the same thing. We say the same thing sometimes. though. That's, what, that's the point I'm making right now. We doing the same thing to ourselves right now. I, I think we, we got bamboozled on what the American dream was. Come on now. Facts. So, but but shouldn't we know that? You know that. I know that. A bunch of people listening know that already. But we're, what, eight, nine generations removed from when we should have known We're that? only 60 years removed from the civil rights movement. Some would say we're further along than we should be. We're further along than we should be? Some people say that. Here's the problem, though. Are, are we headed in the right direction? Are we headed in the right direction? Are you willing to say, I'm comfortable where the African-American community is nationwide? We headed in the right direction. We're making the right progress. We're further along than we should be. We'll get there. You you willing to say that today? Not me. Not me. I'm willing to say that we can do it. But we are way behind, man. We are way. Ilya and I were talking about recently how it boggled my mind and I did not know until we did a show on it a couple weeks ago. How 90% of black-owned businesses in this country are sole proprietorships. I said, that's crazy. Did you know that that's crazy? Because we always say black-owned business, black-owned business. 90% of them are one person. That's crazy. We got a way to go. We got a ways to go, y'all. But I ain't shopping now. She got an attitude. Every time I walk up in there, she got an attitude. Okay, then we're going to die. We're going to die. We done. We, we, we're done. If, if we can't look beyond personality... And still support one another, we done, Miles. That's all I'm saying. That's community. Now, I'm not saying we should overlook when you have a bad experience at a black owned business. Do like I do. I check them. Respectfully, <laughs> I check them. I go, you know what? I want this to be my primary. The problem is we're asking for too much of people who. Are we? I, I think so. We're asking for too much for them to. Come on. I'm saying that we're asking of too many assignments right now from an entire community that's in a state of fluster. Okay. You're asking them to take out the we got commercial, man. We're talking about the other side. I, I see where you're going. I want you to finish that thought because I like where you're going with that. And that, that may be fair. Do we take it a step at a time? Maybe. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. We're talking community. We're talking black business. We're talking black power. We're talking black excellence. Middays with Danny Morris, the KVLA Talk 1580, where black lives matter. Stay there. We know you have options, options. but thank you. Thank you. 
for making the best choice. The only station in L.A. of the people, by the people, for the people. We are unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. Unapologetically progressive radio. Black owned and operated from the heart of Lumert Park, USA. The heart of Lumert Park, USA. We're listening and the convo continues right now. Midday's Danny Morrison, KBLA Talk 1580. Miles got me in a heater right now. I ain't gonna front, man. Why do you do this to me all the time? It's not me, it's the thermal. <laughs> I'm going to the gym after today, man. Come on, dude. But uh, you got me hot. Look, we were just talking about how. We're talking about whether or not we should give each other grace when it comes to the African-American community and business. And, you know, if a, if a, uh, a cashier or a waiter or a waitress or whatever has an attitude, we never go back when it comes to black community. And I was asking, like, is there enough black business in Los Angeles to sustain us if we said we're only going to shop black and we're going to keep it, keep it black, buy black, only us? And Miles said, and I quote, uh, we're sustaining Asians in our same communities all the time. Facts. Facts. Realistically, we're pretty much sustaining everything in our community. Real talk. Real talk. Because like we've mentioned Louisiana Fried Chicken. I ain't got no problem saying that name. I'm surprised we go in there and there's all Asian people in there working, cooking the chicken. Packed with black people. And I go, there's five locally owned, black owned chicken places in this neighborhood in which I reside. Y'all don't go there. And ladies, I'm talking to you too. Where you go get your nails done? Where? Are you going to tell me? I've heard before. Asian women just know how to do it better. Really? They're nails. It ain't no car. Stop it. It's nails. You ain't you ain't going to us to get your nails done? Or what about where you buy that hair? Where you going? Huh? You ain't going to a black-owned spot for that? Huh? I've heard the excuse on that back in my hometown, that they don't like doing it because you don't want black people knowing your hair business. I don't want knowing that I wear a weave. We all know that you wear a weave. Now you ain't fooling nobody. Stop it. You can't have cotton candy in the front, Laffy Taffy in the back. We know you wearing a weave, girl. <laughs> I'm sick of it, man. We're just so contradictory. Black Lives Matter, my behind. Community, is community gone? Can we get to the phone? Who's on the phone? We'll go to the phones in a second. But uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. And and I'm I'm never tired of the fight because I never do that. <laughs> That's gonna continue until I'm dead and gone. What I'm tired of is us saying one thing and doing another. Okay? Because we just don't get down like we used to back when my mom was a kid, when she was a little chimpanzee herself. We don't. And that's why I said integration is a blessing, obviously, and a curse. It is. And I will tell you how. I said I was gonna show you historically how. I will do that on the other side. You need to hear it, too. Trust me. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. We're talking integration. We're talking community. On Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. Stay there. Middays with Danny Morrison continues when we come forward. KBLA Talk 1580. Middays with Danny Morrison. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is out for this week's game because he never got vaccinated and he now has COVID-19. Look at like that. you cut Cam. Look at that. Why Cam ain't working, man? What's the deal? All these quarterbacks going down. Cam ain't working. 
What's the deal? Let's go to the phones, Joe. I'll give you some history in a second. We're talking about community. We're talking about uh, black business. We're talking about whether or not we can make it happen. Uh, Ron, give me your height, your color, and your hood, Ron. Uh, you say my height? Your height, your color, and your hood. <laughs> Come on. That's how we get down. Come oh, on. I'm, si- I'm, I'm six feet. I'm, I'm, I'm black, and... Uh... I live in South Central Los Angeles. South Central, check it in. Come on. Ron, talk to me. You're obviously a new caller, which is great. What can we do for you today? Hey, wait, first, let me say this. I love your show, man, and you're very funny, man. I appreciate it. um, uh, I am a business broker. I do mergers and acquisitions. Okay. And what we do is look for companies that have 1,200 or more uh, employees where we um, uh, make an offer on the company to either purchase it or, or uh, merge with that company. I was asked to look for companies within the Los Angeles County area, black companies, that had 1,200 and more employees. I only found one. I'm sure. Uh, and everything it's the else se- was here. Ron, it's the second biggest city in America, and you only found one. Exactly. One, and and the the question was posed whether we are able to be independent from the white uh, race uh, today. And we have the potential to be independent. I mean, we have black doctors, we have black, black lawyers, black judges, this and that. But I think uh, one of the uh, problems is that, uh, for example, you take a white person who happens to love his country, like uh, America, you love it. From that love stems ideas mm-hmm. of improving the country, improving your, your, your home. And I think that black people, by them being on defense constantly, uh, what I mean by defense is the police, uh, you know, the justice system, uh, the, the racism and prejudices, that exists in the society, I think that they don't, we don't have the time to think about improving our country, not only our country, but our neighborhood as a whole, you know, so we're focused constantly on uh, defensive thinking relative to office. And I think that it starts in the home. Okay, wait, wait, Ron, Ron. I'm uh, up against it, Ron. Mm-hmm. I cannot have you walk away. I know I've had you on the line for a little bit. Can you hold for just a couple more minutes? Here? Sure. All right, put, put him back on. We got to come back to Ron. That's just too good. And, and he's making my point today. I love it. Uh, we're taking our eye off the ball. We're too busy fighting for justice. We're taking our eye off of community. We'll talk about that more in a few. Uh, news and traffic? News and traffic. Midtakes, Danny Wars, KBLA Talk 1580. Stay there. KBLA 1580, Santa Monica. We are back in the spot on Midtakes, Danny Morrison. KBLA Talk 1580. Are we going to be all right? Huh? That's the question. We're talking about community today. We're talking about the black business in America. Whether or not if white society stepped away from us, could we handle it ourselves? This is a discussion we're having. Uh, before we bring my man Ron back on, I got to, you know, for Ron always checks in. It says a little something. Uh, I asked on our socials, did integration harm us? Is community no longer a part of the black community? Let's talk about it. And Ferran said, 
common unity. I've noticed in our culture, we don't agree on common law and we don't agree to common language because different words mean different perspectives, which draw out different emotions. The church I attend does still meet the needs of others. No, we don't have to sit in the back of the bus. However, the conversation is still around. Why? Because who knows? And because the story of how hurtful and upset they were, and we keep passing these storylines story around Thanksgiving tables, and the nine-year-old child hears that and gets mad too. I wasn't born, but I did read and hear there were some black communities that wanted to stay separate from whites. So that alone shows the division for our people as a culture. Laws create culture, and there are no laws that offer the experience that we are, that we are included in this culture. And again, the culture was changed from getting spanks by not just our neighbors, but from our parents can either without fear of someone calling the police. We as a black culture need to tell the truth about our experiences, and it would be nice for America to apologize to us. And yet again, forgiveness is on us to forgive, even if they don't. They'd just be in America. So well said, man, as usual. Let's go back to Ron. Uh, Ron said that uh, he's a financial planner, analyst of some sort. And he said he did an analysis recently where he had to find black-owned businesses in Los Angeles, and he only found one that had 1,200 or more employees, which my jaw dropped. Ron, you probably can't name the company, which it would be great if you could because I'm curious. Can you tell me which sector that one business was housed in? It's in Compton. It's in the uh, an industrial area in Compton. I, I'm not going to say the name of it, okay. of course, but... Uh, I was shocked to, to, to learn that. Can you tell us the industry uh, it was in? Um, it's in the, the, mm. the sort of, I think it's the food industry. Yeah, I can say that. Okay. But um, how is this important? Well, um, if if we hired our own people, uh, uh, we, we, we can have them sa- with salaries where they can, you know, uh, get married to each other and buy a house. Uh, um, buy buy a car, buy what they want to buy without going to other people and begging them to, for their um, <clears throat> jobs and and what have you. Um, I, I also like to add that. Uh, uh, wait, wait, know, wait, wait, hold it's, on! It's, I, I love what you just mm-hmm. said. You're saying by hiring black people, black people meet each other, maybe marry each other. We create generational wealth just by being amongst each other. Is that the point you're making? That is the point I'm wow, making. Wow, never heard that before. And That's pretty good. We have the ability to do that. And let me say this. Uh, it starts in the home with a family, okay? So if you have, uh, you know, a difficult affection between the, uh, the male and female, the children sees this. And they often reproduce these scenarios, Um uh, for example, uh, let's take gang banging. For example, mm-hmm. okay. First of all, why are we gang banging against each other? No, I, I mean, what no is idea. that all about? I've never understood. Yeah, it. yeah, that's that's retarded within itself. What's okay. the word? <laughs> so, okay. So listen, okay. So if I'm from this hood and you're from this hood, and I open a business, and you come in and buy something from my business, now I want to shoot you because you're from another hood. Well, I just shot my my income. Mm-hmm. So that's why these type of things are destructive to the whole. Mm-hmm. It's little things like this. That's keeping us from doing that. And my last point is that, okay, so the American dream, which means somebody, somebody went to sleep and had a dream. 
why did they have this dream? Well, they were trying to get away from some bad situation that they were in in Europe, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, a war, and all this stuff. Okay, so let's go somewhere else and create our utopia where we can be free. Okay, but they needed someone else to do the work. Well, they didn't hire us. They made us do the work. Okay, so still in all, here come Martin Luther King. Okay, so you have to redream now. You have to add us to your dream. Why don't we dream ourselves and create our own utopia mm. outside of the American dream? Mm. And that's my, that's my, uh, and then we have to be an example. The parents have to be example to the kids. Uh, uh, we have to, to um, open our businesses and trade with each other and show that we love each other. And then the children will look at, look at the example and they will do the same. And that's my point. And uh, uh, from there, I'm going I'm to let someone else. Uh, you know. <laughs> First of all, that's call of the day right now. Come on, you got to give him call of the day, Miles. Come on now. We... What happened to our call of the day? Where's our call of the day effect? We still got called. It might be a little better than it. But I rock what Ron's saying. Ron's kicking facts, so I appreciate Ron's call. Ron, I tried for you. Might have tried to give you some love on that one, but you know. He clapped for him. I'm getting a round of applause, man. But them <laughs> black hands clapping for him. <laughs> give him a five on the black hand side. We appreciate you, Ron. All right. Hey, keep up the good work, bro. I'll try, my man. I'll try. 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. Yeah, all of that that Ron's talking about, I mean, that's some would say that's pie in the sky. I disagree. What is stopping us from hiring each other? What is stopping us from being a community that says where there is a blemish in our community, we all come together and go, how can we make it right? What is wrong with that type of thinking? It just doesn't happen anymore. And once again, that's why I said integration is a blessing and a curse. And it's great that we're not being treated like chattel <laughs> throughout the day-to-day -day American experience, right? It's great. But we genuinely cared for one another better when it was us against the world, though. We'll talk about that on the other side. Middays with Danny Morrison. KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Stay there. Nobody's perfect, but everybody's important. Don't change the dial. We've got a lot to talk about. This is KBLA Talk 1580. We're riding with Danny Morrison until the wheels fall off. Middays with Danny Morrison continues right now. Right now. Yeah, man. Talking about community. Talking about black business. Talking about us being self-sufficient on Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. Latrice just checked in on our social saying, I actually think you have a strong point in questioning whether integration was a blessing or a curse. Our community mentality was slowly torn away, starting with slavery. I believe it started with pitting us against each other based on the shades of blackness. Created the crabs in a barrel mentality among us. Everyone out for themselves. Back to integration, I believe our push was to be equal with white people, aided in our separation from each other and from the neighborhood or community. Case in point, my mom and stepdad both happened to work good paying corporate jobs. Because of that, they felt that they had every right to go move in next to the Brads and Angelinas out in Orange County from our very diverse neighborhood in North Long Beach. Problem with that is they took us kids out of our community of folks that look like us and forced us to all assimilate in all white neighborhoods and schools, seemingly for our benefit. I know they meant well overall, but I've always felt like it may have been a mistake. Personally, I've always felt like I lost my culture. Felt completely disconnected for years into my adulthood. Then you add us being so caught up in the American dream of capitalism, which is a drug in itself and an entirely 
in an entire ecosystem that was set up to exclude us, that is, every black man and woman out for themselves now chasing that dream, willing to leave each other behind in the process. The shiny material things have way too much pull over our people now. I really don't know if we could pull it back together in the sense of community of old. Wow. That's, that's the show right there. That's it. She encapsulated exactly what I'm talking about. Can we get that old thing back? Can we? Or uh, we're now free. I'm doing air quotes right now. Free. We fought our ancestors, our predecessors, all of them. They fought so hard for us to finally get to the point where we could be ourselves. We could be out there and do what we want to do. Live the American dream, as they say. And we're still fighting even today. But are we now to the point where, God, you know, that whole civil rights thing, you know, fighting so hard and marching and picketing and boycotting. and all. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to live the American dream, you know. I want to shop where I want. I, I want to shop at Target. We fought to shop at Target. We fought hard to work it to shop at Walmart. We want to be able to do that stuff. Why do we have to stay black when we fought so hard just to be seen as equal? I think that's the mentality of a lot of us. And a part of me is like, I can't be mad at you for feeling that way. But I'm here to tell you, we could do both. And I'm here to also tell you, other races of people do that. I mentioned yesterday, in the same parking lot of the gym that I go to, there is a major grocery store, nothing but Mexican people. <laughs> nothing but. Doing that thing. Living the American dream. The Mexican-American dream. They're doing both. Why can't we? For some reason, we, like I said, can't walk at you come at the same time. What is it, mutually exclusive? We, we don't get down that way. For some reason, it's all or nothing. You got to be all black or you got to sell out and go mainstream and be, and be with the white side. We can't do both. Why is that, Miles? I'm telling you, man, you're asking a lot of some traumatized people who are still going through some. That's probably it right there. But the only way we make progress is to have the discussions done. Right, man. exactly. But, and that's, I don't know, man. We do, we're in an in a, a age now of realizing how important mental health is. Yeah. And as a society, we still haven't had a real sit-down session with our therapist, whoever that may be, which is truly ourselves. You're trying to tell me that it is a mental health issue, crisis, that we don't shop with ourselves? Stop it. I don't buy that. I'm saying I think that's straight up jealousy. I'm saying that you have black people who are afraid of shopping with other black people. Afraid? That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Afraid? Afraid of what? I mean, afraid of the stigma, afraid of, of, afraid to even come into areas where black businesses are. How about that? Okay, now that's, okay. I mean, like you have other black people who are afraid of other black people in general. But they show going to them black areas to shop at them Asian people cooking that chicken, that Louisiana Louisiana fried chicken, though. If, If they even do that. Mm. There's enough people in the community who shop in oh. these areas of black-owned. Oh, I see where you're going. So, in each respective community, you're saying that you know Asians will be able to you know do very well and cohabitate in our communities. But for us to really be self-sustaining, people from outside of those neighborhoods have to travel in to keep us going. There ain't enough in that neighborhood. Saying there are enough in the neighborhood. What I'm saying is, if you're talking about people who don't live in the neighborhood, it's when you're talking about gentrification yeah. and and community. People who are outside of the community or outside of, of Lamert Park probably won't come to Lamert Park just to shop. Some people won't. 
Yeah. Fear of shopping with other black people. Got to get of, away from of, that fear. You, know, like you just said about people getting their nails done. Sometimes women just told you before they think that the Asians do do it better. Is that true, ladies? Somebody hit me up. Let's go to Mike right now. Maybe Mike gets his nails done. It ain't wrong to say men go get manicures or pedicures. I want one. I you do. Never had one? I've I've had half a one. I've never you had a now, real. Right? Don't they massage you like your calves and everything? I mean, it's a it's a whole experience, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's it's hygiene, man. Get it done. Do it. I, I want Well, my nails are always clean. By the way, women say a man with dirty nails turn off. And you listen, no woman pays attention if she ever compliments your nails. Yeah, real talk. Mike, give me your height, your color, and your hood, King. Six two black viewpoint. Viewpark checking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, why are you breathing so hard? What else is going on over there in Viewpark? <laughs> <laughs> what's going what's going on? I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm running back and forth. I'm in class right now and I just I've been missing your program because I've been doing uh, studies but uh I've been wanting to call in. I wanted to call in yesterday. You had an excellent program then about the uh People inherit in gentrification. Uh, yeah, but you know, I, I think people. Uh, I don't know if you covered a point or not, but a lot of people they 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 fail to realize. You know, if they get a property and it's worth a million, they sell it for a million, and it's like a family or something. They forget the fact that you have to pay capital gains on that stuff. Now, Dr. Rosie Milligan taught us a bunch, you know, but that. Uh, you know, the capital gains on a million is almost $300,000, mm-hmm. you know, and $300,000, you could take $300,000 and buy a fourplex. That'd be a down payment on it anyway. Mm, yeah. And if you, if you, if you structure the thing right, you know, you could use all that money instead of giving up $300,000. And if you're fighting over it in a probate, they're going to get half of that money, you know. I think a lot of people forget that, you know, if they get together and, and think about how to really work that money, you know, you can really parlay that money into something big, you know, if, they, if the families work together, but everybody just wants their little piece of something, you know, winds up really with nothing. So you're saying, uh, I always try to break it down in layman's terms, you're saying that if a family is going to say, let's sell this thing, and maybe it'll go to a white family, whatever, so you get that million. Once you get that million, you're saying, go buy a duplex or whatever, a fourplex or whatever, a few in the black community, put black people in those, and that will X out, you know, a non-black family. You could probably bring three, four, five, six other black families into that neighborhood with that cash. Is that what you're saying? And put some cash in your pocket, too. And still go get that Range Rover that you're talking about you're going to go get. You can still go on to Spain. Go on. Help the black community and go on get that ride. Go on, go on, get your whip. I don't care. You just got you just got it structured right. But you know that's not how it goes down. Miles was talking about yesterday how, look, if grandma passed away and that house is there and everybody knows there's a million dollars on that house, you got 200 family members want a piece. They do. And if you try to sell them, look, we can make this a long-term business decision. They over there, their utilities are due. Their car note is two two months late. And they're like, you know what? That all sounds well and good. I need money now. I want a lump sum. They ain't trying to get into none of that. And that's why financial literacy is so important in the black community. We don't think long-term ever. We always think day-to-day. And in our defense, sometimes we have to. But we just don't think that way. Even long-term, we always, we're a time-for-money society. We're time for money society. I love that. That's good. That's a hashtag. Time for money. And he's right. And 
It'd be nice if we saw more black families say that. So, you know what? We're going to sell grandma's house because grandma got some problems in this house. We won't deal with all that. But you know what? Check it out. We're going to set us all up. We're going to have some generational wealth for this generation and our babies and our grandbabies. Y'all trust us. Let's do it the right way. It'd be great if we could do that. But once again, full circle. Is there a place in Los Angeles that people want to do that, that they could go to and get those answers? It, Dr. Rosie Milligan. Who? Dr. Rosie Milligan. Who? Gilligan's Island. Who? No, Dr. <laughs> Rosie Milligan. I'm, I'm playing with you. Ro spell that for me, because I love to look that up. What, how do you spell that? No, Dr. Rosie Milligan. Just look up Dr. Rosie Milligan. Rosie Milligan. Oh, I got you. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to look that up. I'm looking for answers, and you may have just gave me one. All right, well, going back to your study group, man. You were did you have like a an AirPod in your ear listening to us on on the on the hush? Is that what you were doing? Absolutely, got my got my iPhone. <laughs> That's my man. That's how you can he have call of the day, mom? Is that okay since he represent? Oh, come on, where's my call? He didn't give you call of the day, man. I tried for you, Mike. I'm trying to politic for you, King. <laughs> Shout out Mike though We appreciate you Mike Have a good one okay Okay Love that cat <laughs> I told you that's how we do in church too That's how <laughs> Men that aren't good men It's like I'm gonna go to church with you And, and his lady will be sitting on his right And then his right will have a And his left will have a, the AirPod Like listening to oh, the, uh, the Aaron Rodgers ain't playing today what, what's, the deal? what's the score <laughs> What's that about Man, I have no idea, man. But I, I do want to share this text I just got. Go for it. Because uh, you were asking about having a woman uh, uh, answer the question, do the Asians do it better? Oh, I'd love to hear it. Being ripped off, not doing the job, halfway doing the job, overcharging, yes, they do do better, and they're faster. We need to work on our work ethic, be on time. Not all, but some. Woo! Woo! Direct text straight to my phone, so. Woo, ladies. Do we got to have that show? We got to have a black business show this week. You know, the thing is, like, I don't know well, if this is factual or not. That's that's anecdotal. We always got to say that. anecdotal, but at the same time, though, I don't go get my nails done. Yeah. So I can't even discredit that. Gosh, we should do that show. But that's what it takes. It came straight to my phone directly. One of my personal contacts tell me that. We uh, we should do that show. I tell you, we'll do it next week. We don't have time this week. We're going to do that next week. I think there are certain segments, industries, genres, I don't know, uh, of the black community to where people say they shop Asian, white, whatever, because we just don't do a good job. And I mean in industries to where you would think that we would be masters, like doing hair and nails and fried chicken. Don't get me started. Here's some industries where you would go with almost dang near be synonymous with black people, right? And we choose to not. It might go back to what you were saying. You probably just uh, gave us a perfect interpretation on what ails us in the black community when you said we are a traumatized people. And we are afraid of ourselves. It may just be that simple. Is it that simple? Is that the answer to everything? It might be. And if it's not fear, if it's a, a, a disdain, a look at that. Uh, we know it's that. They say the most self-hating people on earth. What's it called? White ice is colder? Is yeah. that the theory mm -hmm. that I hear about? That's what they say. Some people believe that. 
But I didn't know that about. I, I have heard that before about black males. I have. I ain't gonna front. I've heard it, but I can't speak on it. But so, I mean, it takes for somebody to tell me to do that. I mean, I've been to barbershops my entire life. I've gotten my hairline pushed back tons of times. I've had bad <laughs> haircuts tons of times. Never once was. You know what? <laughs> nah, I'm gonna go to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to whatever that barbershop chain is. Do yeah, black man. nail places suck? Is that what we're trying to? We're not saying that on here. We're just saying, somebody call and settle straight. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have that discussion, though, in the future. But uh, uh, we're going to talk about Black Wall Street. I said I was going to bring some historical perspective to you guys today. Check this out. Uh, we're talking about community. We're talking about how black people looked out for one another, right? There is no better example than going to Black Wall Street in Tulsa. Keep in mind, that is pre-civil rights movement. Before we had our rights, okay? At arguably the height of... Ra- I'm sorry. Is that messing? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a no-no. <laughs> I'm looking like a seal up in there. Uh, at arguably the height of racial tension in this country. Right? There was... Uh, I looked this up last night. Britannica.com has a whole series on Black Wall Street. Right? Brick and wood frame homes dotted the entire landscape. Along with blocks lined with grocery stores, hotels, nightclubs, billiard halls, theaters, doctor's offices, churches. They even had the largest black-owned hotel in the country there. 55 rooms, luxury hotel, owned by a black entrepreneur named J.B. Stratford. That cat was born into slavery in Kentucky, later became a lawyer and an activist, then became the owner of the largest black-owned hotel in the country, 55-room luxury hotel in in friggin' Tulsa, Oklahoma. Before we had civil rights. So when I tell you that integration and all of that may have harmed us, it would be dumb for me to say it was a bad thing. Of course, it's a good thing. But that's the other side to the story is all I'm saying. Because do you want to know what ultimately happened to Black Wall Street? Huh? I know it's the story. You know, everybody likes to put it on the hashtag Black Wall Street. Oh, toss it up. Oh, white people burn it down. We all know that. It was a travesty. One of the worst in the history of this country, which isn't being taught in schools. Interesting. What I'm saying, here's what ultimately happened to Black Wall Street. And not just the race mask of 1921, but later on. According, once again, to Britannica.com, by the end of the 1950s, more than half of the businesses had closed. Desegregation allowed the entry of businesses owned by whites, while increasing numbers of African Americans in the community invested in entities outside of Greenwood. By 1961, 90% of African-American income in Tulsa was spent outside the Greenwood district. Once again, do you see what happened? You know, aside from the 1921 race massacre, we know there was like 600 businesses that ceased to exist. We get it. It was terrible. It was awful. But there still was a thriving community even after that. But integration started to happen. We started getting more freedoms, the right to vote, the whole nine. And we said, oh, wait a minute. We don't have to focus on black anymore. That white dollar is out there. And we did. And I'm just just saying things were better when it was just about us. That's all I'm saying. News and traffic right now. We will delve into this on the other side. I also got a seven series I didn't get to today. And I 
promised myself I was going to get to it today. <laughs> okay? I can't stretch it out two days. Middays is Danny Morris, KBLA Talk 1580. Don't move. Making your middays meaningful. More of Danny Morrison straight ahead. This ain't your grandfather's talk radio. The conversation with Danny Morrison continues right now. Right now. Oh, wow. What a discussion today we're having on mic and off. Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. We got to do some house cleaning. We got to get it done here. Check it out. The Danny Mo Show podcast is live. Middays with Danny Morrison now streaming on demand through all socials via Futuri Media. I just got a text, by the way. Fact, Asian and nails. (laughs) Black women don't know how to do nails as well as Asian people. Is that what y'all... The ladies are saying that. I, the vast majority are saying it right now. I don't know. Asking ye shall receive. I get asked pretty often uh, when you can access past episodes of this broadcast. And it's happening. Okay? Follow me on all socials at Danny Mo Show to see the daily streaming links posted for each episode of this broadcast in podcast form. And I was just informed yesterday, by the way, that my podcast is also uploaded on the Middays with Danny Morrison page on the KBLA app for easier access. I thought you had to go through my socials, but no. If you go to the app, first download that app, by the way. And then go to my page on that app, and you'll see all of my past episodes on it. It's, it's bomb. Gotta give it to the whole ecosystem we got growing down there. Shout out to my Cairo, by the way. And uh, stay close for additional information on the official database for the entire catalog and other streaming opportunities coming soon. Uh, this morning they uploaded the gentrification episode from yesterday. And I told Miles, if that ain't our most interactive episode, it's top three. The post, um, post-show messages and DMs and email... I was getting bombarded all the way until like 8 o'clock last night. I got to give y'all props. And that's going to be one of our topics that we will come back to very soon. Uh, It's the Danny Mo Show podcast, now streaming via Meta, Instagram, and Twitter. On the KBLA app, too. Powered by Smiley Audio Media by way of Futuri Media from KBLA Talk 15. Got a lot to talk about. Better. Wow, we got to start saying that now. By the way, I booted up my Instagram this morning. If you look at the bottom the of the Instagram page, did you see better, it? Yeah. yeah, they're already making the switch. The Matrix, baby. It's coming. We out here. It's the Matrix now. When, when you think they're going to switch over Facebook? Excuse me? When you think what, they'll switch over Facebook officially? Uh, Once y'all start paying for it. <laughs> oh. Once they find a way to get everybody oh. who's doing it for free to pay something for it, even if it's a microtransaction. Imagine a microtransaction Ooh. from everybody once a month. Wait till Facebook's a streaming app. Here's what y'all don't know about Facebook, and we've done the show before. Maybe we should bring back another one because they got in a little bit of trouble lately. It's part of the reason they're changing their name. But did you guys know that only 10% of Facebook's overall audience is in America? Did you know that? 10%. Y'all thinking, we ain't going to use Facebook. They couldn't care less about y'all. A country that banned Facebook already. They going to be all right. Don't worry about them. Um, I'll be honest. I'm using it less lately. Less. I'm switching over to Instagram slowly. Which is owned by Facebook. I understand. I'm just saying, I built my career on Facebook, and I'm using it less and less. But um, but definitely do that. By the way, Soulful Sundays Live presents the SNS Experience. Steve Seal Curley's birthday bash, Sunday, November 7th. That's this coming Sunday. Globe Theater, 740 South Broadway Street, Ryan City of Los Angeles. 
Excited about celebrating another year around the sun. Four-time Grammy-nominated producer, remixer, DJ Steve Silk Hurley was on the show last Friday. Hosted by George Daniels and Mark M. Doc Williams. Special guest appearances by Steve Silk Hurley, CeCe Penniston, who was also on the broadcast last Friday, Byron Stingley with Ten City, David Harness, Mellow Man, Ace, and more. And uh, they gave me a few pair of tickets to give away. Been giving them away every single day this week. And if you want tickets to the show, here's what you do. Free ticks, okay? Download the KBLA app, access the open mic feature, and just tell me you want to go. That's all I got to do. Tell me you want to go. I'm giving away two pair every day this week on the show. Today's Wednesday. So, you only got three more days left, including today. You can go to that musical birthday extravaganza, celebrate the birthday of the inventor of the remix, Mr. Steve Silk Hurley. Free tickets to Soulful Sunday Live presents the SNS experience. Steve Silk Hurley's. Birthday Bass, this coming Sunday, Globe Theater, 740 South Broadway Street, right here in Los Angeles. For more information, <laughs> or the cops with tickets in advance, head to ctickets.us. All you got to do is search the SNS experience with Steve Silk Hurley's Birthday Bash, and you can go too. It's going to be fine. Trying to get up in there. Trying to go. Think about it. Also, make sure you tap into the KBLA socials all day, every day. We like to use our socials as an extended tentacle of KBLA Talk 1580. More opportunities for you to engage with us. And as you know, we got podcasts now, too. Got to get on our socials. Easily some of the fastest growing socials in L.A. In the country, I'm willing to say. Huh? So like, share, comment, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. And more importantly, tell your friends and family to do the same. We'd appreciate it. While you're at it, download that app, like I said. Use that open mic feature. We would love. I would love. Get on the open mic feature. Tell us what you love about this program. Tell us what you hate about this program. Either or will suffice. <laughs> Get on the open mic feature. Let us know. We might blaze it up on the broadcast. We might. So download the new KBLA app. It's got pics, videos, podcast streams, the whole nine. The new KBLA app exclusively. From KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Do we clean house? Is that it? Dip it in the water and brush. The sweet. You don't know about that. Nah. <laughs> We're discussing the alleged slow disappearing of the black community and how integration may have hurt us as much as it has helped us. And there was a king that called yesterday, right? And he mentioned uh, East L.A. For those that are an avid listener to the program, you guys remember that, cat? Because there's a stigma attached to those that live on the east side of Los Angeles, and it bothers me. For some reason, regardless of city, have you noticed that? The east side is always seen as a negative. What is that about? Contrary to popular belief, the east side is an area of town where the majority of the households have breadwinners that are a part of the full-time American workforce. Blue collar. And those jobs just happen to be lesser paying jobs. Black and brown working class people in East L.A. have been unfairly stereotyped as being poverty stricken, disadvantaged, lazy, no matter the neighborhood. The people of color that reside in East L.A., this is what they're told all the time. Oh, everybody on the east side is on welfare and food stamps. Stop looking for the government to save you. Get out there and look for work. Somebody's always hiring. Get out there. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, educate yourself. Go back to school. Get a better income. Huh? Raising the minimum wage is unnecessary. Go get it. Why do I sound like Humpty Hump when I'm saying all that? Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty. By the way, none of those are true. None of them. People in East L.A. are some of the hardest working people in the country. Want to bet? Problem is, systemic and institutional racism has thwarted them from the opportunities the rest of Los Angeles receives. That's a problem. 
But back in the day, the community, that's the key word today, the community looked out for one another back in the day. There were a multitude of programs scattered throughout the city that were created to add stability to our more impoverished homes back then. And I'm afraid that those days may be long gone. I've already mentioned to you before that Walmart is the number one company company in the entire country that has more people on general assistance than any other. Think about that for a minute. You go to Walmart, you work all these hours a week, 38 to 40, whatever, and you still need some welfare to keep the lights on. That's crazy when you think about it. And that's why we black people are continually languishing in our communities with no direction and no purpose, right? So is the word community in the black community officially dead? Is it done? Regardless of what white America's doing, is it done? Do we still look out for one another? Do we still have each other's backs? Or have we become a generation of social media memes and hashtags and don't really have all of our best interests at heart? Just because you out there posting on your wall Black Lives Matter don't mean nothing. If I see one more person on social media just post a black screen, I'll take a hostage. I swear. What you doing? Huh? That ain't enough. What else you doing? Congratulations. You posted a black screen. What's that mean? Huh? How about the follow-up? Also, has integration killed us? I'm making a case today. I believe that we African-Americans have fought so hard to achieve equality that we have collectively forgotten about ourselves. But do you buy that? We'll get into more of that in a few. 1-800-920-1580. Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580. We got a lot to talk about. Don't move. We know you have options. But thank you. Thank you. For making the best choice. The only station in L.A. Of the people. By the people. For the people. History is now, now, and you are part of it. Thank you for spending your days with KBLA Talk 1580. Let's jump back into the conversation. We've got a lot to talk about. Middays with Danny Morris of KBLA Talk 1580, talking black excellence, community, whether or not black-owned business can sustain us into the future. By the way, Sherelle Diggs, uh, Sherelle's famous fried chicken. Appreciate you, queen. Uh, She said the subject matter today is deep and needs to be talked about. Love you guys. Miles is awesome today. Love his perspective. I believe a black renaissance is beginning. I love how she said Miles is awesome today. All good. Give me a, come here. (laughs) Real big hug. You suck every other day. Miles is awesome today. (laughs) Hey, look, it's all good. I I take my good days with a a smile on my face. Appreciate you, Miss Sherelle. You say Sherelle's fried chicken? Yo, that chicken, yo. Speaking of black owned. Where's that though? She she's mobile right now. Oh, um, okay. And she sets up uh, pop up spots okay. all over Los Angeles. I went out to Gardena to check her out like a few weeks ago. Fire, dude. I'm not just saying that because I love her. Fire. She says she's trying to get a permanent brick and mortar. I don't want to let it out right now. That's gotcha, not my buddy. business to tell. All her. good. Uh, Mr. Real at Miles Low Music. I'd love to follow you. Follow me back. And uh, yeah, we, we, I'll, I'll peep the peep chicken spot. There it is. See that? That's how we do it right there. You see that? That's black. We're not getting to the 7 Series today. Again. Let's go to Daoud. Daoud, get up in here. Give us some perspective, man. Height, color, hood, kink. Five for ten, walnut brown, Compton. Compton! That's what I'm talking about, man. What's on your mind today? Yeah, you know, if you're going to have community, you're going to have to have, like, you know, uh, a strong black family structure. And right now, the black family is in disarray. Okay? The black family structure is in disarray. 
Now, until we do something to return or reverse uh, that uh, deterioration or the disarray and whatnot, things will continue like they are, all right? You know, um, young sisters got to stop having babies and whatnot, like, you know, when they're in high school and stuff like that, you know, um, you know, practice, like, you know, safe sex or something like that, you know, but, you know, the, the teenage pregnancy thing is like out of control still. And, uh, you know, we need like the return of the, uh, trades and whatnot to the, um, uh, high school curriculum, you know, uh, the wood shop, the, uh, electric shop, the metal shop, all, all those things that like, you know, make uh, a good school. All for the structure to be like, you know, complete, like everybody in the community, one that has to have like a lot in common with each other. Um, I'm going to somewhat disagree. Um, I'm short on time. Dawood, I got to let you go. I appreciate the perspective. Um, <laughs> go ahead. I'll say this. Go ahead. And against anybody specific. That's what I'm but saying. Yeah. I... I encourage, and this goes back to prove the point, I encourage everybody to really go out into the community yeah. and see what the problems really are. Okay, what do you mean, though? Uh, what, what, do you, what are you saying they'll see? I'm saying a lot of talking points that even we use yeah. are preconceived notions. No doubt. And sometimes dated. Okay. So I really encourage everybody to get back into the community. If you've ever been in the community and you stepped out and you may be a little detached, I encourage everybody to step into the community and really see what the problems are because spewing. Those are just talking points that we all use. Exactly. And, you know, I, I just, and Dawood, I love you, man. But look, if, if they put the trades back in the school, that doesn't mean the black people are going to start shopping with one another. Your kids are trying to be YouTube. <laughs> it's just, it's just not that simple to Since me. Since they have the skill set, but. Uh, yeah. Um, and Miles is right. And I ain't going to, I don't want to pop my collar, but I'm going into it. I, I've stayed immersed in the community my entire career. I mean, you're talking to a cat that goes into the prisons, the schools. You're talking to a cast that puts community events together. I have my entire career. Why? Because you got to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with these young people out here. And what happens amongst uh, older African-Americans is we do what Daoud and I were just doing. It's just older cats that are sitting around talking about what's wrong instead of asking young people what's wrong. What is it? They don't care what you know until they know that you care. Is that how you say that? It's true. They don't care. And I'm telling you, whenever you try to talk to a young black person and tell them, boy, you shouldn't be having sex without a condom. Boy, you need to go get your... It's just... That's all they hear. He ain't talking about nothing. We playing, sitting up playing PS5 all day. That's all they hear. How you gonna change that life? How you gonna do that? We up against it, huh? Uh, I'll leave you with this. If you're a gang member in Los Angeles right now, Let's say you're selling dope on the side, you know, running a trick or two, making some money. And he said, I want to get out the game. Could you? Could you help him? Could you help that cat today get out the game? Have sustainable income, get out the game, be okay. Do adults have that answer? Do we today? We don't even have communities to support one another right now. Can you help cats that are knee deep in it right now? Change their lives. You ain't even got to be a gang member. Just a member of Generation Z. You got answers? Or we go sit around and talk amongst ourselves? That's a question. That's community to me.
1-800-920-1580. Middays with Danny Morrison on KBLA Talk 1580, where Black Lives Matter always. Middays with Danny Morrison continues when we come forward. Please stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Be heard. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. Miles, this is one of them shows we needed a third hour, man. This is one of them shows, but we got to wrap this thing up. I want to apologize again. Let me, let me tell you what I see in my DMs all the time. Uh, first of all, where the third hour? Yeah, the third hour. I hear that all the time. Anyway, I go, we got our podcast. You've been asking for that. But also here is, you got to get to your seven series. And I, I hear that all the time. And sometimes, it's happened a lot lately. Uh, we get a lot of phone calls. And I'm going to be real with y'all. I love the phone calls. The phone calls from, go ahead. You love I love, Miles knows, I love, because I want your perspectives. Yeah, this is my show. But I want y'all to always come in and give your perspectives, and I'll bounce off of you. I think that is the meat of this show, how we interact with one another, take on these issues that ail the black community, and we move forward. That's the show. I could sit up for two hours and just talk, me and me and Mouse. We could just do that for two hours. I don't believe that's the way we move forward. Y'all know how I get down. I've been here four months now. Y'all pretty much know what I'm about by now. Y'all know I'm always right on relationships, too. I'm always, everything I say, 100%. You know, I know what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> that being said, so I'm going to miss the seven series sometimes. I've now done it two days in a row, which this is the first in a short time I've been on the air. But just know, I'll bring it back soon. Can't do it tomorrow. Our show content doesn't match it. Um, but uh, whenever the phone calls are as hot as they've been, and I'm honored to say over the last week or two, our phone lines have been blazing hot. And I love it. Number one, that means you're responding. And number two, you're willing to give your own perspective to allow someone else that is listening that might learn from one of your experiences. And that's what I want. So please call. Continue to call the way that you are. And if we don't get to you, sometimes the phone lines are so high we can't get to you. And that just please try to call in whatever the subject matter is, because I honestly believe the way we move forward in the black community is to listen to one another. Listen, because every single one of y'all listening right now has an experience that I can't relate to. I could get on there and talk all day. I told you, I've been through a lot. And I'm going to always tell y'all what I've been through. You know, I'm totally transparent on this broadcast. I ain't got no problem telling y'all. But there's some certain things like, I've had gang members tell me, you've never been no gang member, so you don't know what you're talking about. And I, I just sit, I go, okay, true. That's true. You ain't never been to jail. It's like, true, I've never been to jail, man. There's certain experiences that I can't talk about on this mic because I think People want perspective from people that have been there, done that. That's why phone calls from you are the meat of this broadcast. You push us forward. So once again, God bless every single person that calls this show. We got some regulars that call this show. We're getting a lot of new callers over the last couple of weeks, and I love it. Never be scared to call. And now see that in my DMs more than anything, too. Danny, I want to call your show, but your show, ooh, I'm scared to call your show. You be getting on folks. And I'm like, no, I don't get on folks. I get on stupid folks. But uh, <laughs> it's a wide open show. And I just love when you call and you tell us what's on your mind. And I give you time to talk. They don't do that on other shows. I let you talk. And if you making sense, I let you roll. If you ain't making sense, got it. God, got my show. But if you're making some real good points, I'll ride with you. So, again, open invitation. And you can also call the open mic feature on our app, too. If you don't want to call the show, you're scared. We'll play it over the air. Some people are just scared to call this show. They go, Danny, you got a hot show. And, you know, I don't want to step into the gauntlet. I go, man, come on. It's all love up in here. Miles and I love y'all. And we got to go. 
Good luck. God bless. Gone. The D.L. Hughley Afternoon Show is up next tomorrow. They're going to beat up the Democratic Party tomorrow. They had a terrible night last night. And I'm going to tell you why I got a problem with them. Still. Keep it on KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Y'all be good, all right? KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.